Ode to Teachers. I remember the first day, how I looked down hoping you wouldn't see me. And when I glanced up, I saw your smile shining like a soft light from deep inside you. I'm listening, you encourage us. Come on, join our conversation. Let us hear your neon certainties, thorny doubts, tangled angers. But for weeks, I hid inside. I read and reread your notes, praising my writing, and you whispered, We need you and your stories and questions that, like a fresh path, will take us to new vistas. Slowly, your faith grew into my courage, and for you, instead of handing you a note or apple or flowers, I raised my hand. I carry your smile and faith inside, like I carry my dog's face, my sister's laugh, creamy melodies, the softness of sunrise, steady blessings of stars, autumn smell of gingerbread, the security of a sweater on a chilly day. The journey. One day, you finally knew what you had to do and began through the voices around you, though they kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried. But you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do, though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough and a wild night, and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, Determined to do the only thing you could do. Determined to save the only life you could save. A second train song for Gary. When the citizens come into strange cities, the citizens come out to meet the strangers. I love you, Jack, he said. I love you, Jack, he said at another station. When passengers come in from strange cities, the citizens come out to help the strangers. I love you too, I said. I love you too, I said from another station. The citizens are kind to passing strangers and nourish them and kiss their lips in kindness. I walk the unbelieving streets. I walk the unbelieving streets in a strange city. At night, in cold new beds, the welcomed strangers achieve in memory the city's promise. I wake in love with you. I wake in love with you at last year's station. Then, Say goodbye to citizens and city. Admit this much, 
that they were kind to strangers. I leave my love with you. I leave my love with you in this strange city. In creative writing, there is a cliche that all stories start in one of two ways. I started out on a journey, or a stranger came to town. And today, as I begin a series of sermons exploring the deadly sins and the heavenly virtues, I want to tell you two stories, one with each beginning, that explore the virtue of faith. Our Unitarian Universalist faith does not offer easy answers. How does it teach us to live faithfully? Our first story is an ancient story. As my seminary Old Testament professor would say about stories like this, none of it happened. All of it is true. A man goes on a journey. Jacob, a patriarch of the Israelites, sets off on a journey to return to the land of his birth and reunite with his brother Esau, or so it is written in the book of Genesis. The relationship between Jacob and Esau is terrible. They are twins who began fighting in the womb and never stopped. Jacob, the younger brother, is a trickster who takes advantage of the trusting natures of his father, Isaac, and brother first convincing Esau to give up his birthright in exchange for a bowl of stew, and then impersonating Esau in order to receive a blessing from Isaac. In the ancient Near East where these stories originated, both of these actions are very serious offenses. Jacob then flees to escape Esau's wrath, and he spends decades living far away before returning to the land of his birth. By the time he sets out on his journey, Jacob has become a rich and powerful man. He is accompanied on the journey by his wives, his concubines, his children, his servants, and hundreds and hundreds of livestock. And on the night before he reunites with his brother, Jacob sends the whole entourage on ahead. He plans to spend a night alone, and that is not what happens. In the night, a being appears, and Jacob wrestles with him until daybreak. The original Hebrew here is strange and mysterious. In the original language of the story, the word used to describe this being that Jacob wrestles with could either describe a divine being or a person. Some of the tradition that's grown around the story talks about Jacob wrestling with an angel, but there's nothing in the text that says that it's not a human, a stranger who comes upon Jacob and starts wrestling him. So Jacob wrestles someone, someone divine perhaps, or maybe someone human, and they wrestle all night. Jacob hurts his hip and is left limping for the rest of his life. As the day breaks, Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So that divine or human being blesses Jacob, giving him a new name, Israel, which means he who has striven with God and with humans and prevailed. And then Jacob limps off to reunite with his brother. I want to linger with Jacob wrestling that being this morning. 
because it's a beautiful description of the life of faith. As Unitarian Universalists, we affirm and promote the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We don't provide answers. Each person is encouraged to strive with humans and their sources of ultimate meaning. We wrestle with truths and contradictions that we might not ever be able to reconcile. We wrestle with the natural and the supernatural. We wrestle with the latest cosmology and the knowledge that we are tiny specks in, the, in a very vast universe. How do we reconcile that with our subjective experience that keeps telling us that we are the center of everything? We wrestle. Those of us who believe in God wrestle with God as we try to understand God's nature. How can a loving God be reconciled with the suffering in this world? Many of us wrestle with our personal angels and demons, whether they be grief, addiction, persistent illness, or so many others. How do we make meaning out of pain? And many of us wrestle with despair. How do we face the world as it is, feel the despair, and not allow despair to have the last word? This is an especially challenging and especially important task for us this political season. Despair cannot have the last word. Wrestling with these challenges and contradictions and all of the others that animate our journeys of faith is challenging and important work. Often, as was the story with Jacob, the struggle changes us forever. We are left limping or blessed, transformed, given a new name. To live faithfully in this world of pain and promise is to wrestle with all we don't yet understand, with all that is strange and mysterious, with the questions and contradictions and challenges that might always linger. To live faithfully is to engage with the human and the divine and emerge altered and blessed as someone who has striven with God and with humanity, blessed for making a great effort and for the struggle itself. Living faithfully is about wrestling with what is unresolved, but is also about acting courageously. Faithful living is about trusting one another and our abilities, even when we doubt, making the first move even when the path ahead is unclear. Faith is about stepping out on nothing and hoping to land on something. Which brings us to our second story. This is a true story, a modern story, that you've gotten to hear glimpses of already in this service. A stranger came to town or in this case, seven strangers came to our town. Mike has a picture to show us. This is the Altiara family. The back row from left to right is Moyad, who is 17, Moham, who's 20, Adham, 21, Khaled, and Fatima, and the boys in the front are Omar and Abdullah, who are 11-year-old twins. They are originally from Holmes, Syria, and when fighting came to their city, they fled, becoming refugees. They spent a few years in Jordan, and when it became clear 
that it was not going to be safe to go home anytime soon, they applied to be resettled. They arrived in Kalamazoo in June. People's Church has been working with Bethany Christian Services to resettle them and help them integrate into our community. And there will be opportunities for those of you who haven't yet met the Altiaras and would like to, to learn more of their story. They are also living a story of faith, faith and trust that we can help them navigate this unfamiliar country, faith that they can rebuild a life here. And now the prologue, the story of how we welcomed these strangers to town, or these who are not really strangers anymore. Almost a year ago, in one of my first sermons here as your minister, I preached about the Syrian refugee crisis. And a few of you thought, we can do something about that, and started taking action, making phone calls and figuring out how the very complicated bureaucracy of refugee resettlement works learning who we would have to partner with if we wanted to do this. We learned that Bethany Christian Services was thinking of resettling refugee families in Kalamazoo. They had a meeting here with some of us last spring explaining all that we would have to do if we committed to co-sponsoring a family. And it was a very long and intimidating list. After that meeting, I met with a few of you, and I can vividly remember it. We were in the workroom, It's just this tiny space right by the copy machine. And and we had doubts. This was a new, big thing. We had never done anything like this. We knew it would be a lot of work. Should we sign up? Can we do this? I think we can pull it off. Let's, Let's put our names down and see what happens. So we were moving into the unknown having faith in ourselves and in one another. And there have been many moments, I'm sure the members of the refugee team can tell you, that has felt like stepping out into nothing and hoping to land on something. And at every step so far, there has been ground there to meet us. Moving into the unknown can be terrifying. What is the ground ahead? Are there obstacles we can't foresee? And sometimes the only option is to have faith in ourselves and cross our fingers that either by chance or by sheer force of will or by working our connections, things will work out. Our refugee resettlement team here at Peoples has been working with so much faith and so much trust as they welcome the Altiaras, who are no longer strangers to town. They are a powerful example of what faithful living can be. So there are a lot of stories that that show this, and one is how we found the place for the Altiaras to live. Some of you know this story, some of you lived this story. The Altiaras were set to arrive in a few days, and we still hadn't found them housing. It was challenging to find them a place to live that was available, was big enough for a family of seven, and was affordable enough that the family could move into self-sufficiency quickly. People on the resettlement team were working every angle they knew, talking to everyone they could think of. And one of the people they talked to attends St. Thomas More Catholic Parish. And she made a special announcement during Mass about this search for housing. And And only one person came up to her after the service with an idea, and that was a person 
who said the house next door to her might work. The owner was looking for tenants. Our team checked it out, but someone had just signed the lease. But then they backed out, and the house was ours. But that's not the end of the story. The house was in terrible shape. Over just a few days, people's people, members of St. Tom's, and other members of our community put in long hours rehabbing the home. They did work worthy of one of those HGTV home renovation shows. I think we really should have had a camera crew there watching them redo everything. So the bathroom finishing touches happened just minutes before the Altiaras pulled up in the People's Church van from the airport. So I don't believe that if you ask, the universe provides. I think that's a lie. I think that's harmful. But I believe in the power of humanity to transform the world, both for the worse and for the better. It was a series of human decisions and actions that created the conditions that led the Altiara family and over 10 million other Syrians to flee their homes. They left with fear and faith that there must be a better life for them somewhere. And it is also human action that welcomes them to a new home and helps them establish a new life. So People's Church is the family's co-sponsoring partner. Dozens of members of our church have generously given their time and energy and money in so many ways. You've heard about a few of them already. And as our team has worked, we've recognized and realized that the generosity extends far beyond our walls. Members of the Kalamazoo Islamic Center have opened their building to English tutoring for refugees from all over the world every Saturday morning. They have provided culturally appropriate food to the Altiaras and helped us learn how to help them while respecting their beliefs and their culture. Local folks from the Arab world or who are fluent in Arabic have provided invaluable interpretation for us. A local dental practice volunteered their time to get the family the care they need. A yoga teacher training class that rented a room in our building saw our big donation bins and filled them up with the things we said we needed and put, a bun- and put some money in on top of that. Other congregations and community groups in town have seen what we are doing and think they can do this too and so are co-sponsoring other families including Fatima's brother's family. The team has stepped forward, trusting that the ground would meet them and that others would be there to provide and found themselves in new relationships with others, transforming lives and transforming themselves. Our step forward in faith has changed the lives of the Altiaras, but is also changing us and changing our community. We are building new relationships. We are working together with Catholics, Muslims, dentists, yoga teachers, and so many others. We are showing that we can attempt this big new thing and make a difference in the world. There are 10 million refugees and internally displaced people in Syria or from Syria. We can't help all of them, but we have made a huge difference for seven of them. And the work isn't over. I said earlier that I don't believe that the universe provides, but I do believe that if you ask the right people, they will provide.
So now, on behalf of the refugee resettlement team, I have a few asks. These are things that will help the Altiaras move forward in their life here. The first and most important is that Khaled needs a job, and I know because it's happened for my family that this church is good at finding people jobs. In Syria and in Jordan, Khaled repaired the electric motors for water pumps. He's not limited to that kind of work here. His biggest barrier is that his English is limited. So, who do you know who might be able to hire him? Who do you know who might be able to connect him to the person who could give him a job? Think creatively. Talk to the human resources department at your workplace. Talk to that business owner that you know. Talk to your friend who just seems to know a lot about what's going on and is connected to everyone and everything. If you have a promising lead, please let me know, and I'll pass it along to the people who need to know. And now a th- few things that are a bit more tangible. We like children's books, especially books for new readers. And having a small library in the Altiara's home will help the whole family learn English. So these can be new or gently used. Please bring them to church. This winter will be the Altiara's first Michigan winter. I know they don't know what's coming. So right now, they and the other families who've been resettled in Kalamazoo don't have the clothes they need for the winter. As Diane mentioned, our children are going to be having a, a winter clothing drive here shortly. As, as they fight against injustice and destroy the evil Horcruxes. So look for announcements. But in the meantime, hold on to the winter clothes that you have. If you see a great deal and are in a financial position to buy something, please do that. Between the, the different refugee families, we have people of all ages, all genders. So even if all you have is bright pink, we'll still find a good home for it with another family. And our last ask this morning is for volunteer drivers. So if you are willing to drive the Altiaras occasionally, please let me know. We have a wonder, we've had a wonderful team in place doing this work all summer, and we'd like to add a few more people to that team. It is a powerful thing that we and that you are doing, welcoming these no longer strangers to Kalamazoo. And there are so many more powerful stories of relationship and transformation and faith that have been part of this story and more that are sure to unfold. So let us keep wrestling with what is unresolved in our hearts. Let us keep moving forward with faith and trust. Let us keep asking for the help we need and keep stepping up to offer what we can. May we keep living lives of faith. May it be so. May we make it so. And amen.